podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I'm Dan Sinker. And I'm Maureen Johnson. And how are you feeling? Everybody? I am feeling great, Maureen. I am <laughs> feeling great. Is everyone enjoying exhaling occasionally now, digesting food, you know, all we of those We made it little... through Election Day 2017. And... and it was not a repeat of the nightmare that we all had last year. No, it really wasn't. You know, a funny thing happened to me on election day, Dan, that um, I don't. So I have a I've mentioned this before. I have a little bit of a neurological ticky thing that is related to sort of chemical changes in my body. And that day I it was like I fully rode Space Mountain between around 4 p.m. and around 7 p.m. I was like, whoa, everything went. Like everything dipped, every like my vision went like it, and it gives you depression. It gives you anxiety attacks. It, I lost my balance. I couldn't see for a bit. Like it, yeah. it blurred everything out, and I was like, "Well, this is weird." And I assumed it was just like it's like a chemical shift thing. It, it happens on occasion, but I was like, I think what happened was maybe I had some like giant stress dump, like the thought of going through another election that I my body's yeah. like. I'm just going to hit the weird chemicals button and, like, give you the ride of your life. It just um, hits the eject. Yeah, that's what it felt <laughs> hits like. Hits you with all of it. Like, by 8 o'clock that night, I was sitting stunned in the tub going, what just happened? It's like I lived nine years just then. Um, But we – and then I, I grabbed my phone and I was reading it and I was like, wait, there's, there's good news. Because I was like, yeah. the Virginia governor's – the good news. And then the Virginia – and then New Jersey, and then the the the, the Danica winds, and the, the it just kept coming and coming, and then it was like how like all over the place. It was like ding 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 ding. I you know I get an art a little news alert from Bucks County, Pennsylvania, where I'm from, which is like one of those areas they target, like because it can be rabid. Yeah. And I even called home, and seats flipped all over the place in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Oh wow. Places that never voted Democrat went Democrat in Bucks County. That is like, awesome. It's like someone lifted the board and flipped it. Yeah. It was so like this feeling of like, oh, right. This is kind of what hope feels like. Like I vaguely remember that feeling. Um and then it just kept coming. Like it was like a pretty amazing tidal wave of great stuff and huh i hope everyone listening enjoyed it i hope you grabbed it i hope you jarred it up and put a little in your basement just to make sure that you had it have it for later because it was uh man it felt good it felt good maureen it really did and it it really because this this is this is how we were going to tell how the which way the wind was currently blowing like this is how you know Republicans are going to read the signals of, do we continue latching ourselves to this giant anvil that's going to drag us under the weight? We, we've been hanging on to this anvil for a while, thinking it's going to, you know, float. But do we let go of the anvil? That part's still unknown because the anvil's flying around Asia right now, just being fantastic. Yeah, he gave a speech that night that was basically like, it's so great. How much winning I do. Have you heard about my golf courses? 
Kim Jong Un better not fuck the, with me. He gave the speech. Um, it was like eleven in the morning in South Korea, I believe, and he was something like twenty or twenty-five minutes late. Uh, and the story was that he was rewriting. I would guess he probably wrote a like, you know, burn it all down style speech, and then somebody got in front of him and was like, "You need to tone it down a little." It was a lot of golf he, course. He was stumping, like he was stumping for the for the dude in Virginia that didn't just lose but lost soundly, even though they expected it to be quite close. Yeah, yeah, we punched back, and it felt good. It felt women, good. Women ran all over the place. It was a wave of women. It was a wave of just just a wave. It was a beautiful wave, and it's. We've so now the two things we have on the scoreboard. Trump has been able to, while he's done a lot of damaging stuff, he can't. They he hasn't been able to put one of those wins on the board that he wants, like healthcare. And now they've tried and they've tried and they dragged it back and they tried and then they dug it up and they just they weakened it, Bernie's did and they tried and they dug it up again and they stuffed it with straw and they tried and like it just didn't fly. And now there's the weird tax stuff and who knows what's going on with that. Um. But that may not go through. And if he can't do anything, damn. I mean, there's cer- there certainly does come a point in an equation of just like, like all these people have strapped themselves to this anvil because they assumed they could get health care and taxes done, right? Like it was a perfectly good anvil when it came to like hurting poor people and the sick. Um but if that anvil can't even produce that, you do have to think that at some point, a few people, and you, and you even see, you know, folks like John McCain have already begun to s- clearly do the equation and say, you know what, I don't need to be strapped to this anvil. Like, and then, who knows? But it's exciting. It's ex- it's. I certainly had been getting to the point where it felt like, you know what, I got to just prep for four years of this. You know, like this is like this level of chaos and this level of nothing getting done like this. Like I got to hunker down for the long term. And I certainly feel a little more hopeful about that even, not just about like you know, 2018 is going to be unless the Democrats totally fuck themselves over, which they are Democrats, so they could. But, um, you know, we're going to see this on a massive scale. Yeah. And we're seeing things, I mean, we write this in the middle of the Roy Moore <laughs> information that's coming out, um, uh, which just come out that he was banned for uh, Roy Moore, the uh, candidate in Alabama, who's banned from a mall because he was um, the mall creeper. Yeah. Um, but obviously that's not the main story about him. The main story is the allegations of, is it four or five right now? Various Five, people. Fifth, fifth came out today, uh, Monday out today. the 13th, yeah. It is just an astonishingly weird position to have to back these horses. Yeah. I mean, the, the amount of weird mental gymnastics that folks have had to make, or um, not all of them, like some of them are just like, oh, yeah, that person's a monster. Yeah, guess me too. So it's cool. But... um. You know, plenty of just like, oh, I haven't read that thing. Or it's just like, like Paul Ryan clearly is functionally illiterate as far as the the little he has read about all of the things that he should really know about. 
Yeah, you have speculated that he, in fact, cannot read. And he came out and he said, made a joke about it one time, like, yeah, I have to re- wake up each day and figure out what I have to say I haven't read or something yeah. like that because everything is terrible. But, you know, so Sesuvians, today is going to be upbeat. Today is about food vimber. It's like we're feeling good. We got to keep our energy up. Keep your energy up. November is the fucking worst. It's the worst month. I I mean hey, I know some people. My, I know some... my birthday is tomorrow, Maureen. It's not the worst month. <laughs> Great month. Okay, I'm uh, one of those I will people... give you that that it gets cold and nasty. You begin to realize that you're in for the long haul of winter in the and month it gets of November. Dark. That's the fight I have. Yeah. The darkness. Yeah. Which yeah. is why. I just went out and bought a whole bunch of magic light bulbs. Oh, the full spectrum ones? I got the ones that you can control from your phone and turn them any color. That way, I can get my light joy by hitting buttons on the phone and turning everything like like an ocean color or whatever. You do what you have to in the winter. They're pretty great. They're magic light bulbs. It's 2017. Do what you have to. But Do your thing. I know you really do. It's really important you to do what you need to do. Um, but uh, you know that I'm. I just want to shout out because to someone I know who's listening. Uh, my friend, Nurse Krista. We have been friends since high school. She is a uh, psychiatric nurse, the National Institute of Health, and uh, she listens to this. And she was telling me all about her favorite parts of it. And when she came to visit me the other day, she asked to see the closet. So uh, I showed her the closet. Krista, I know you're listening. Hello. <laughs> um, Krista has wonderful because she has been a psych nurse for a long time in a lot of high level places. Like she is a really good psych nurse and she um, she has all kinds of like Jedi mind tricks. Like she knows how to um, deescalate situations. And uh, like if you have and so she has us as a child now. and She's like, it's no trouble getting him because to distract him, I can deescalate him in no time. I was like, Krista is a Jedi. So uh, I was trying to glean tips from her on like how we could use her knowledge of of nursing and deescalation and the human mind to cope. And uh, I think I get the impression that you needed a, a lot of education and experience to do that. But the way she kind of puts some stuff is she's like, hey, sometimes it's just your turn. Like, to, there's going to be good stuff. There's going to be bad stuff. And, like, she's like, you know, every once in a while your kid's going to wipe out. They're going to do something. They're going to just completely, you know, lose their shit. And there's going to be poop everywhere. And then it's your turn. So um, she had a very philosophical bent to that. Um, but, no, she didn't teach me how to just deescalate. I think we need to, if we sent her in to de-escalate Trump, she could distract him. Like, he is just basically a large child. She could have him doing anything she needs him to do within, like, 15 minutes. Whoa. Send the nurses. They will get the shit done. Nurses are the best. I will tell you, Maureen, I have just spent a whole bunch of time hanging out with nurses. Uh, my... As 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 has unfolded over the last few episodes of Says Who, my wife's uh, breast cancer surgery was on Friday, and uh, we spent a lot of time with amazing nurses. Nurses are incredible people. Sure are. If you are listening to this uh, podcast and you are a nurse, thank you for your service. 
for sure. I mean, they are great. And 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 Maureen, we had great news. Uh, Janice went through the surgery. Great. Uh, they got all the cancer. And uh, we will find out a little later in this week. But it would appear as if she is cancer free. That is. Hey, that's the greatest thing that's ever happened. It is. I am pretty damn excited I mean, about it. And she's even she's recovering from the surgery great. Like she's not in a huge amount of pain. She's playing a lot of Stardew Valley. It is uh it is a good it is it is good times over at my house. Yeah, you sent some pictures and she's sitting up. Uh she seems to yep. be got some nice she's she looks comfy, she's got a blanket, she's got a computer on her lap. Um yep. it looks great. You recommended a bucket. She bought that bucket. She carries her stuff around in a bucket. Yeah. It's a yeah, good the, time. Sick, the sickness bucket. I if you if you have if you're laid up, I recommend getting one of those little handled caddies. Like they're shower caddies, or they're like tool, you know, like cleaning buckets. They have like kind of circle oh, around with include, a handle. In the we middle. should include a note to the sickness bucket in the show notes. Yeah, the sickness bucket. Because when I was laid up, I you know I didn't know how to carry my stuff. Like you you can only like in a couple in a four hour period or something. You may get one standing up and that's for the bathroom at best so you got to really optimize that that time so you need everything where you can get at it and where and you can't move stuff around easily so i was in a situation where there were like bottles of gatorade going down my pants like i was just trying to like (laughs) i was like my gatorade my snack bar down my my shirt you know something like seriously i shoved a lot of stuff down my pants just because i was like i only get one then I discovered the bucket, and you put everything in the little caddy bucket. You get your Gatorade and your phone and your pen and your notebook and like whatever the fuck you need, and then you just have your bucket. Yeah, you're always she's good when you have a bucket. You get a bucket, guys. Just get a bucket. She's rocking the bucket. She's rocking the blanket. She's rocking the fuzzy socks. She's I think everybody awesome. should have a. Everybody should have a bucket. Buckets are good. They're handy. Being able to carry the things that you want. That's a that's power, Maureen. This is the our last says who was upbeat. This one's up. We're we're gonna take you even higher. We're gonna take you higher because we have brought back all of our guests are our favorites. We've brought back Helen Rosner. We sure have. And we had some wonderful conversation with with Helen when she came in before, and we analyzed Trump's food because. Um, Helen is a a gourmand, a writer, an editor, uh, an epicure, just someone who delights in all things of quality. And uh, she knows her food. And she broke it down for us. And she showed us what the patterns meant. And we're going to go back in with Helen and figure out what the fuck is happening with the two pieces of cherry pie and the rice and all of the other strange food decisions that have been made recently. Helen's going to bust it down for us. Helen, it is so exciting to be speaking to you again. It has been several months, and you've changed jobs. I have. I and and Donald Trump's appetites have not changed at all. They haven't. That was a terrible segue. But yeah, no. I mean, so much has changed for me, and so little has changed in the world. It really. Um, but are you holding up well in two thousand seventeen? 
I mean, is anybody? I don't know. Like, yes, I have these moments of joy and happiness, and then they are wrapped in things that feel like anger and terror and depression and anxiety. I mean, who knows? I I feel like you know, it's almost a cliche at this point that you can't be like, "How you doing?" and like everybody's like, "Well, the world aside, it's okay." Yeah, it's like every all of our feelings have a like an asterisk next to any answer of how you're <laughs> yes. doing. This year this year was 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 caught doing steroids before it entered the baseball hall of fame. Like this year has has brackets around it. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I have a new job. I mean, it's not really a new job. I'm freelancing now. I'm I still write for Eater, but I'm also writing for people in the rest of the world and you know. Well, the more things change, the more they change. It's so true. You have just said eater. And um, if we may, Helen, because we have a lot sure. of food to get to, uh, not just Trump's Thanksgiving. We got a lot of questions. Um, if I may read to you a bit from some articles uh, about Trump's recent food and I'll just read them, you know, and I'll say where they're from. And if you could just, you know, kind of talk us through what we're hearing. Great. Yeah, yeah I'll hold your hand. I um, got you. This article is from Eater. I'll put the link up. It's called Trump Asked White House St Kitchen Staff to Make McDonald's Menu Items. This is uh, from uh. written by Tim Forrester on the 7th of November this year. <laughs> Dan, your sigh was so perfect. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right? Like, what other reaction is there to the President of the United States asking the White House kitchen to replicate McDonald's dishes than that perfect sigh that you just dropped? Yes, it apparently... It's specifically the quarter pounder with cheese and a fried apple pie was, yeah. the, was the ask. And they did not meet his... His needs. And so they had to sneak his bodyguard out to go get McDonald's in D.C. for him. Yes. Uh, once in the morning for an egg McMuffin and again in the afternoon for two quarter pounders and a large fries. So um, and the chefs and the results of the White House chefs were uh, unsatisfactory. Now. Helen, is this just the case of someone searching for authenticity? You know, that's a very generous read, Maureen. Um, <laughs> I'm a generous person. Um, it, you know, your spirit just shows through in the way that you approach this question. Um, the last time I joined you guys on this show, we talked about the fact that Donald Trump has a really remarkably calcified culinary palate. Like most people have favorite foods, but this is a man who really has an extraordinarily narrow set of things that he will eat and a vast wide world of things that he will not anywhere go near. And it's bizarre that he is specifically fixated on McDonald's to the point where he would ask the white house kitchen to replicate the McDonald's burger. I mean, it's also worth noting that like there is a McDonald's within easily a three minute drive of the White House in DC. Like if he wanted a quarter pounder, he could have a quarter pounder. So it makes me curious what is happening 
in his head that says, I want McDonald's. Like, I want McDonald's to the point where I'm going to specifically request a facsimile of McDonald's food from the White House kitchen. But for some reason, patronizing the actual business itself is not something I am comfortable doing. I think there's an infinity of reasons that that this could be the case, and all of them are fascinating. Like, does he think that now that he's president, it's not appropriate for him to eat fast food? I mean, Bill Clinton used to famously go to McDonald's, which, who knows? I mean, I love that he did this. I mean, it blows my mind that he did this and that it got out. I mean, to me, it's, I mean, he has not been seen eating at a single non- himself owned establishment right so, so he has recently said that he's going to try to branch out which i don't believe um within the last couple of days uh i think he he, he said something to the effect of like and I, I remember specifically he said um you know whenever i go out to eat in dc i go to my hotel and that stuck out to me because like are, are we still pretending that he's not involved in in the running of his businesses yeah no kidding I believe we are still, I I believe we are still living that charade. Yeah. And here he is just using like first person singular possessive on that hotel. And he, and he was like, and somebody pointed out to me that I'm not going to all these other restaurants. And it had never occurred to me before that I should eat out elsewhere besides the restaurant that I own in the hotel that I own in the city that I am sliming through like some sort of liquefied black mold of corruption and sexual predation. I mean, like... So I guess he's going to start, you know, going out to pineapples and pearls or something like that. But who knows? I'll believe Perhaps I... Um, I feel like maybe we could start with a cheeseburger in paradise, um, uh, a margaritaville. <laughs> um... <laughs> yeah, we can like like ease and sl- he Look, he won't even go to a D.C. McDonald's. No, right? he won't. I just love like you don't become you're not like you're not a mope if you got a job being the head chef of the White House. Right. And I I am so curious as to what went down in the kitchen when that request came in. I mean, I have actually not stayed on top of the, the comings and goings of staffing in the White House kitchen, though now I'm intensely curious to dig into it. I would imagine that the folks who are working in the White House kitchen are just trying to get through their goddamn workday, you know? Like, I, I I don't think that's a particularly joyous place to be employed right now. And for someone to come down, and the specifics of his, of his double quarter pounder order are phenomenal to me. He wants his double quarter pounder with no pickles and extra ketchup. Yeah, which is that just, sounds right. That sounds I'm right. To me as, I love I love pickles so much that I does hurt my heart. I get extra pickles whenever I get a double quarter Absolutely. pounder. I mean, and it's like get rid of all the astringency, right? Like, and it's not even like McDonald's pickles are particularly aggressive pickles. This is not a powerful slice, and no. but like no astringency. That's all of the acid. Get get rid of that, and extra ketchup is just like like slather this in sugar. You might as well just put frosting on it at that point. Somebody Which should totally point that out to him. With, you know, our previous. <laughs> you can get this I mean, look, with frosting. What does this guy like to eat? He likes a well-done steak with ketchup on it. Like, what is a burger or I mean, a well-done steak with ketchup on it? Is it, is just a burger that hasn't been chewed yet? 
you know, it's sort of unrelated, but I've just been um, reading Patricia Highsmith's Strangers on a Train. And the opening scene is where this there's it's two guys, one guy, a rich guy on a train meets another guy and basically says, hey, both of our lives suck. Wouldn't it be cool if we murdered for each other and no one would be able to catch us? Well, the crazy guy who suggests this orders a meal of an overdone steak french fries, which he slathers in ketchup. No. And I, yes. What? Yes, Whoa. that is the meal that he has brought to his stateroom. Whoa. That's mm-hmm. huge. That's huge. Like, it is such an obviously a killer move. meal of a deranged mind that, like, a writer like Patricia Highsmith could use it as shorthand to indicate that this is a guy who's going to fuck up everyone's life. Yeah, that he's going to go do some murders. I'm just saying, you know, I'm not saying I'll kill, you know, if you're putting ketchup on your steak, it's cool, no problem, like, you gotta, you gotta live your life. I'm just saying that we're looking for breadcrumbs, you know, not, we're looking for, looking for signs. There's another burger. This is a pin, this is a pin it's in a the pin. wall, for It's a sure. pin in the wall. We have another pin that, and now we can tie our, so we can tie that to strangers on a train of murders, and now we're gonna tie another yarn between burgers. Uh, this is an article from Quartz. It says on Sunday, November 5th, Trump arrived in Japan, the first stop in his Asia visit. And unlike his predecessor, Barack Obama, who went to the triple Michelin starred sushi restaurant, documented it. By the way, I, I, my Japanese pronunciations are going to be off. Uh, please forgive me. The film Hero Dreams of Sushi with prime, Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe in 2014, Trump stuck to the familiar and had a burger made of U.S. Angus beef brought in from a small Tokyo outfit called Munch's Burger Shack. <laughs> and, yeah. and uh, you see a detail. you see a photo of the two of them, and I'm studying it now. I'm just so it's two of them at a little square kind of four top table. So just like a little cat, you know, a little table with a white tablecloth, and they've both got big cups of Coke, big cups of Coke, <laughs> and big yeah. giant burgers, and Heinz's ketchup and Heinz's yellow mustard. When the mustard, of course, is just for show, because you know that Trump would never have anything that acidic yeah. and astringent on his table. I mean, and this photo, the one that you're that you're pulling out too, um, is is the photo that that Shinzo Abe pr- tweeted. The Prime Minister of Japan tweeted from his official Twitter account this photo of this meeting of the two of them. The thing that kills me about the burger is like nobody looks good eating a burger. That is not a graceful foodstuff to, no. to consume, especially not the ones that are in front of them, which are piled incredibly high. They're, like, I'm studying the photo, and they are very, very large burgers. I'm going to say four inches, maybe. Like, they're, they're like a big fat sandwich. They're like a but big they do have steakhouse those, burger, yeah. Yeah, and they have those big steakhouse knives, like, like you know, staked in the top of them, which I always sort of read as an implication that you're supposed to cut your burger in half. And as as a tangent, I am a huge, huge proponent of cutting a burger in half. I think it is fantastic. I am completely in favor of it. Not just, I I don't just support it. I I like endorse it affirmatively. If you have never cut your burger in half to eat it, go out and do that. Your life will be changed. But like, do you really think that I mean, Trump is a dude who doesn't like to eat with his hands. So did he, like, cut the burger into bite-sized pieces? Uh, um, at this point, they have not touched the burgers, Helen. Uh, this looks like an early photo op with the burgers. I will say also his posture. He's got his arms down, and he's very much leaning forward in a way that reminds me 
he looks like he's in um and I'm not just saying this because I don't like the guy, but I don't like the guy. He looks like he's in a like a high chair. Like you know the way kids are kind of boxed in when you put them in their seat at the table and their arms are kind of pinned a little bit and they're just kind of yeah. leaning in like like they have to kind of pivot from the waist to get to the food. He looks like that. And he's, Yeah, you know, I I I love the the like the close read of of official photos that are released by one party or the other. Like, it's very clear that Abe released this photo because he looks badass. He's mid-conversation. He's gesturing with his hands. He looks very in control. Trump has his mouth hanging open like a codfish and is, like, sort of squinting at him in a kind of, like, hazy, facile sort of way. It's a a phenomenal... I mean, this photo is a, a... It's almost a Renaissance painting. I mean, it's a... It's, it speaks volumes. And it's, uh, if I may, I mean, we're just going to study this a little bit more. What I also like about it is that the the ketchup and the mustard are in a kind of, like, dispenser, like, easy carry dispenser that you would have at a diner or something. Like, you just drop the unit on each. Like, they're not even, like, the glass bottles or anything or in little ramekins. It's literally kind of... It's squirtable. Squirtable. The whole thing probably came from Munch's Burger Shack. Right. Like wherever Abe was taking him to eat probably had no ketchup and mustard around, you know, like why would a fancy place that a prime minister in Japan would take the president of the United States have ketchup containers sitting, you know, like that all came from munches. You know, I will say in in defense of the nation of Japan, (laughs) that you know, Japan has this incredible tradition of. I guess the the most efficient way to put it would be to say they take American culture, aspects of American culture, and make them even better, right? Like, think about this sort of obsession that can exist within certain people in Japan with, like, American whiskey or American sort of heritage-era 1930s, 1940s denim and leather jackets and things like that. And hamburgers are definitely part of that. I mean, there there are places in Japan where... The burgers are considered to be among the very, very, very best in the world. No, I don't. I don't, oh, doubt it. I don't know if Munches is it. But... <laughs> well, I like the name. Now, the next day, they got a different lunch. On Monday, Trump and his team had a working lunch where they ate salad, teriyaki chicken, and vanilla ice cream. Um, Jesus Christ! Which, um, <laughs> if we could just get your uh, get your take on that particular menu. I guess that's as close as we're going to get Trump to eating, like, food that is plausibly Japanese, right? Like, teriyaki is basically ketchup in its flavor profile. It's super sugary. It's a little bit viscous. Chicken is a relatively inoffensive meat. Mm-hmm. But, like, this is not a dude... I mean, you know, I don't know if you saw the menu from the, the official state dinner that he had when he was in South Korea. But, like, you know, it it, it was things that kind of had plausible deniability in both directions. Like the first course was a a corn pudding, like a traditional Korean corn pudding. But also if you kind of squint your brain a little bit and you put on your ugly American hat, it's just kind of corn pudding. And the main course was like a, a rice porridge with various herbs and Korean short ribs. But if you put on your ugly American hat and you think about the fact that they're serving this to Donald Trump, the man who's finger is on the nuclear button, but also who has the palate of a sort of extraordinarily unadventurous three-year-old. It's, it, 
it's really just kind of risotto and beef. Like, nobody is trying to push him outside of his comfort zone. Everybody is simultaneously, like, playing to his tastes. And also, and I truly believe this, throwing huge amounts of shade at him. I think he is being mocked at every turn by their capitulation to his extraordinarily narrow palate. Well, this is, uh, I just found the China's official state dinner menu. Have you seen this yet? Uh, which is this the one from a couple months ago? No, this the, is the, the one, one that from China served him that he from, just from had. A days ago. They served him. Yeah, it's this <laughs> is a mashable. the The headline is China serves Trump a very Americanized Chinese meal at its official state dinner, and this is this is the uh, the main coconut flavored chicken soup, seafood chowder, kung pao chicken, stewed beef steak and tomato sauce, braised is. vegetables and premium broth. Grouper fillets in hot chili oil. But like, there it is. There's the fully cooked beef with something that is functionally ketchup, mm-hmm. right? Stewed beef yep. steak and tomato sauce. Like, like cow that has absolutely no myoglobin left mm. in it. And tomatoes that have been reduced into something resembling a liquid. Like that, those two things have to be together for Donald Trump to not like poop his diaper metaphorically. Possibly literally. Well, we'll get to that. Now, now we have a then a side piece of information. So now we're moving away from the burger and tomato sauce, and we're going to move our yarn down. So if you're following this at home, says Sylvians, well, well, you know, we can talk you through how to set up your crazy walls. Um, this was a uh, article in Newsweek on the twenty fourth of October. Um, a Secret Service agent was uh, overheard by a reporter t- discussing Trump's intake. And the secret surgeon, secret service agent said he ate rice and two pieces of cherry pie, took a few sips of his drink. He loves rice. <laughs> what did we say about him being we a th- three-year-old? I mean. Mm. We thought about this a lot last week, and I was very excited to hear what your take on uh, he likes rice and two pieces of cherry pie is. I, I feel like um, there's another pin. It is. I want to know more about the rice, of course. Like. Mm. Is it just, I mean, it's, it's white it rice. Is, it is oh, just, it's gotta I mean, be. Rice is delicious, right? But like, that's so weird. That's so weird. Just like rice and pie. That's like beyond David Lynch weird. That we got a fascinating uh, email actually sent in uh, from, from a woman who, She says, I was shocked and utterly horrified when earlier this year I discovered that technically Trump and I are descended from the same Scottish clan, the McLeods. And then she goes on to say, uh, you know, a few other things. And she says, all that said, I want to make sense of this in the context of food. When we saw that tweet about how Trump was eating rice and two slices of cherry pie and everyone was calling him a toddler, all I could think was, I relate It might be the first time I've related to Trump. I have irritable bowel syndrome, so my diet is a mess because of a bunch of foods, including healthy foods, just hurt. And she goes on to say maybe that this is the 800-year lineage that goes back to when their two family trees split off. Maybe he also has irritable bowel syndrome. Huh. I mean, if he does, maybe he should eat a little bit less beef. (laughs) Since... That's one of the main things that really messes with people who have IBS. But, eh, I don't know. Look, maybe the dude likes pooping. 
Or doesn't. Who knows? I don't know. Who does? Yeah, pooping's great. Everyone should do it all the time. But I don't know. Like, this is the thing, right? Is that uh, no individual Trump meal actually, like, in isolation is something I would walk away from in disgust, right? Like, when when I'm home alone, like, when my husband goes out of town and I'm completely on my own for dinner, my meal is like a bag of frozen corn that I microwave with a pat of butter and some Cajun seasoning from a jar. Like, this is not all, you know, foie gras and fiddlehead ferns in my personal life. And something like rice and two pieces of cherry pie, that is totally a Depression Tuesday dinner. A hundred percent. I'm completely there for it. But it's the it's the totality of his palate, right? Like the day in, day out of beef with some sort of tomato sauce, a burger with no pickles but extra ketchup, a well-done steak with ketchup, beef stewed in tomatoes, meatloaf. rice with cherry pie, meatloaf. His mother's meatloaf recipe involves lots of ketchup. Like, like over and over and over and over again, this sort of regularity of this. Every day cannot be Depression Tuesday. You know, every day cannot be, fuck it, I deserve to eat boring food that makes me feel nostalgic and comfortable. Because that's how you I'm trying to think of like I mean which is worse like eating like that results in really unpleasant pooping situations just to like put a fine point on it right like you're either going to go not enough or way too much and either way you should not be president in that state (laughs) and it also is just oh it can't be good it can't be good well part of eating as president it's like being at Versailles where you would maybe watch the king and the queen eat as part of what you did Part of the job, it's performative. You have to be statesmen, state persons like at a dinner. You have to show respect for your hosts or your guests. You have to fucking grow up. Yeah, well, because the food's not just food. It's all, it's all, it all has so much meaning. You're, you're, you're either being a good guest or you're being a good host or you're, but the fact that he is exhibited. No learning behavior. You know, I like to read a lot of stories about people who, who go to Versailles and didn't know how to behave in Versailles and then had to get all the rules of Versailles. Like, you have to have a special stool with no back. Like, you have to learn and change to play this role. And if anything, we are learning that Trump is doubling down. Like, Well, he was he's not, not exactly like Captain Learn and Change to begin with, you know? But I, I think, think he's getting worse, Ellen, because <laughs> he had a t- he was trying to show off with that taco bowl, I think. And now we're just at white rice and two pieces of cherry pie. I think we're backsliding. But I mean, I think that I think that Helen does hit on an interesting point that all of this food is like Depression Tuesday food. Like, I know for me, I have not had a very easy year and I've been stress eating the fuck out of McDonald's, right? Like, yeah. um, like it, it is a sign that, that all of this stuff registers as this is what you eat because you want to feel better because it reminds you of when you were younger slash happier, you know, all of this stuff. Like, he is not happy in this job, right? Like, and you can tell by the fact that he's gone from eating a taco bowl with thumbs up to like, you know, plowing his way through a giant bowl of rice and a couple things of cherry pie. I disagree that he ever actually ate the taco bowl for what it's worth. I think that, <laughs> it's, it's true. you know, my, my personal conspiracy theory about the taco bowl is that I, I don't think at any point did he eat the taco bowl. It contained far too many spices and weird things for him. And I also think it was very directly a fuck you to the entire world. But like, 
But yeah, I mean, you know, this is, he's eating like I'm sad today food. Yeah. Then yeah. At the same time, and God help me, I can't believe I'm in any respect defending this man. Like, if you had a fully staffed kitchen that was operating 24 hours a day, that produced really excellent food, that would make absolutely anything that you wanted with a phone call, I feel like at a certain point you would definitely end up with a meal that was basically, I want some white rice and two slices of cherry pie. You know? Like, absent the norms of human consumption, especially if, as he seems to be, you are alone a lot of the time, like, in the evenings, and just sort of, like, you know, I, I still am not over the image of him, like, wandering around the empty corridors of the White House in his bathrobe and boxers, like, screaming at the television at the portraits of the dead presidents. Like, like white rice and two slices of cherry pie feels, oh, but no, no, never mind. He had that for lunch. Yeah. Oh, my hypothesis is undone. It's still, it's horrible. And he did it in front of other people. Okay, never mind, never mind. I, I take it all back. It's, it's unconscionable. There's no excuse. He's also washing all of this down with soda. Yeah. Buckets of soda. And I, I will say this. My, uh, my father, who is, um, he's uh, an unusual guy. My father is a, uh, will only drink Coke Zero. That's literally the only liquid he consumes except for one bottle of water. And he uh, does a thing where he carries his own bottle of Coke Zero into restaurants with him no matter how nice, Whoa. and sits it down in front of him. Um, so when I, f I feel this pretty deeply when I'm, uh, when I'm thinking about these food choices is that he's, uh, he's swilling all of this with soda, and um, that's going to eat your stomach. You know, his stomach must, those walls of his stomach must be just paper thin, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the way he eats, the way he drinks things, like, it's, it's, it's so evident that this is a dude whose gastrointestinal system is just in open revolt against his choices. What was the, and I feel like there was a pretty well-established hypothesis also that like part of the reason he's such a homebody, like when he was on the campaign trail, he would fly home to stay in one of his homes every single night. Oh, he yeah. hated staying in hotels, even if home they were pooper. Trump hotels, he liked to stay in his homes. He's a home pooper. That was Dan's Absolutely. theory. Absolutely. He's Dan, a home pooper. Dan did yeah. the, uh. Yeah, I mean, Dan, I take this as fact, right? Like, I, I mean, yeah. this is just... And and so I think that, like, when he went to the Middle East, you know, a couple of months ago, and it was clear by the end of that trip that the dude had not taken a crap in, like, yep. five days. He's definitely, like, pushing yeah, his body to the limit of its cooperative willingness the, with the his... The Kim Jong-un short and fat tweet came at day eight since he left yeah. the Hawaii Trump hotel, right? Like That is a tweet of a man whose body weight is 10% excrement. Yeah. Mm. Like, mm. do you think Without he poops on Air Force One? Do you think he's comfortable with airplane pooping? No. I don't think he is. No, I don't, I don't think, think so he either. is. I think that they really wanted him to on that Europe trip because they knew there would be other things like this one. I think we will never see another 12-day long trip. I feel like we're all in an episode of Mind Hunter right now. You know, I I've sub I've subscribed to one of these boxes where you get it's called I Hunt Killers and you get a box of like I just got my box and it's like full of weird files and clues and letters and this one had a tooth in it. So like literally there was like a tooth 
and like, uh, oh, yeah, you get like weird stuff and you have to stare at it. And like they're like you have to spend time with your clues and hold them up to the light and like feel them and touch them and do things with them because there might be secrets contained within. And that's how I feel right now with the ketchup and the meatloaf and the and the well-cooked beef and the fact that if he gets a scallop, it has to be breaded. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like he's I, but but I. But it's not nearly as interesting as, like, a tooth that you have to hold up to the light, right? Like, unfortunately, the conspiracy board for, like, Donald Trump and his weird eating habits is, like, one pin yeah. with, like, a whole bunch of red yarn wrapped around the one pin. It's, like, the dude likes beef and tomatoes, <laughs> and he likes chocolate cake, and he likes ice cream, and he hates pooping unless he's home. And that's it. Like, that's all she wrote. Like, there is no fucking mystery here. It's just that Donald Trump is, like... His body is a wasteland. Okay. Um, how old is he? Is he like, if we're if we're he? gauging this, is he two, three, four, five, six in the age of like childhood food development? Dan, you may have a better beat on this. Oh. Yeah, so um I currently have a two year old who will basically only eat mac and cheese and frozen peas. Uh my twelve year old, when I would say between two and five would only eat hot dogs and baked beans and maybe one or two other things. And I remember when when we went to the doctor, he was probably three, some probably his three-year-old checkup. And we were like, you know what? He's really only eating like hot dogs and refusing everything else. And she was like, well, you need to understand that at that age, they can only control two things, what goes in and what comes out. And so this huh. is the way they ex exert control over their life that's the only things they can do they can refuse to take food in and they can refuse to have a poo um and it's Whoa. true and but like that's this man's fucking 71 years old and he's controlling what comes in and pretty sure he's controlling what comes out it's a cry for help yeah you know Dan, this so I, I have had this sort of evolving hypothesis, not specifically about Trump, but just sort of about the world in general, which is that like virtually all bad behavior in adults can be explained by like the desire for control, right? Like if yeah. you are, you know, messing up at work or if you're cheating on your spouse or if you're like whatever it is, like it's because you feel like you need to create control wherever you can. I wish that I could feel comfortable having this fit into this holistic theory, but he has control over so much else. He has control over the White House kitchen. I mean, that's the thing is it's like, you know, you at a certain point as, as the, the parent of your children can say like, no, these are your options, right? Like you're either going to have the peas and the mac and cheese or you're going to have nothing or you're going to have the peas or like you can impose constraint but for him to pick up the phone and call the White House kitchen and say, I would like a McDonald's double quarter pounder with cheese, with no pickles, with extra ketchup, is him saying out of the entirety of the universe, like, and maybe this is the tyranny of choice in action, but I really don't think so. Like, he's saying out of the entirety of the universe, I want this specific thing. I want you to make it for me. And I don't want it to be the actual thing itself. I want it to be a facsimile edition. I want to set up and introduce the possibility of failure. It's so weird. Is this not his way of uh, setting up that failure, right? If you're calling a, a place and saying, I want an exact facsimile of this thing, but I don't want you to go get this thing. Like, 
he, you know, what you said was he's in control. Like, this is the fucking president of the United States, right? But he's clearly miserable at being president of the United States. And so does he not just set himself up to reinforce why he's miserable, which is that he's not in control? Everyone keeps saying he's in control, but he can't even get these fucking people to make him a quarter pounder with cheese. You know, like, that's, to me, it's like that. that's the same reason why, does you know, if you hate the coverage of you on a news channel so much that it infuriates you every time. Eventually you learn to stop watching it unless you want to be infuriated, right? Like it's the same thing. Like, is he not trying to prove to himself that even though everyone keeps saying you are in charge, that he's miserable at it? Maybe this is how he feels alive. You know, like maybe, maybe this is, this is the beautiful pain. Like, (laughs) getting really mad at the White House kitchen because they couldn't perfectly reproduce McDonald's, even though he refused to let them just drive a mile away from the White House and get actual McDonald's, is like his equivalent of chasing the dragon. Wow. He just wants to fucking yell at someone. You guys, I feel like we're cracking this shit open. If only we could do something with our knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) if i could ask a a quick round of would trump eat it oh my favorite game all right if you have some down i mean i'd love to hear them um my first one is fried breaded mushrooms with ranch dressing dipping sauce yes the mushrooms know the dipping sauce hmm really i don't think he likes creamy oh he does like creamy we have we have a documented proof of that yeah I mean, yeah. he likes dessert creamy. But he like, likes is Thousand he a... Island dressing. But that's not ranch. Thousand Island is made out of ketchup. Mm. Yeah, mm. it's literally ketchup. It's a sweet creamy. It is and the ranch. ranch is... And, and it sounds tropical. It's the yeah. ranch of ketchup. I'll buy that. Sure. Yeah, I like that. All right. Beef lo mein. I think he'd pick out the beef. He, he's not really a pasta dude. Uh, in in a in a in his travels, uh, a non-fished sushi like a like the, with one little egg on top. No, no, he's not going to go near any any uh, seaweed. He's not going to go near the nori. No, Maybe like right. rice with egg on top, because uh, as we know, he likes rice, and we know he likes eggs, but. Maybe, but he also seems like the kind of guy who's like, what? Rice with egg together? That's like, egg is a breakfast food. Rice is a dinner food. Like, he's a... Or a lunch with pie food. He's a real dogmatist about rice placement. Yeah, not not a morning food. I'm just making that up, but it feels right. Clams Casino. <laughs> Absolutely not. All right. I was just checking. No way. Zucchini. Maybe if it was breaded and fried. I think that that fits the scallop rule, right? If it's fried to oblivion, he'll eat it. A fresh tomato salad. You know, that's interesting. Maureen, I think you may have stumped me. Whoa. I don't know. This is a good one. I feel like he would. I think, yeah. But I'm not not sure. But that's a a good one. Man, you did your research. That is a stumper. I'm still stuck on I'm 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 stuck on Asian fried rice. <laughs> I don't think so. Black cherry I, soda. Oh, I bet he would. 
Black cherry yeah. soda is so good. I just I don't believe that anybody wouldn't drink black cherry soda. I know, right? It's it's really it's I'm really delicious. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's so good. Um, I'm just not a fan of sweet cherry flavor in general. Yeah, but last week we found out that Dan That's has so a, Midwestern. He doesn't like cherry pie. It upsets him. No. I don't like cherry pie either. I like either. a sour cherry pie, but sweet cherry pie, fuck that shit. No, sweet cherry pie is terrible. I agree with that completely. But like black cherry soda is amazing. Dr. Brown's celery soda. Oh, no. Way too Jewy. Oh. Absolutely not. <laughs> the soda of the Jews will never be consumed by Donald Trump. <laughs> that is my people's soda. Absolutely not. Dead. <laughs> Sauerkraut. <laughs> no way. It's a pickle. Pastrami? Oh, this is difficult. Like, I, obviously, he would love pastrami, but on the other hand, the Jews. Mm. I don't know. I think he'd do it. I think he. I think he would have a pastrami sandwich. All right, Dan, do you have a, any more? Well, oh, here's here's a festive question to wrap up. <laughs> okay. Would he eat? What elements of a Thanksgiving meal would he eat, and what elements of a Thanksgiving meal would he leave aside? Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, you're. He's sitting... clearly a canned cranberry sauce guy, not a like. We have to build the scene for you, guy. Helen. For some reason, you have been invited to the White House. This is like a choose your own adventure. You have been invited, Helen, to the White House Thanksgiving dinner. You're sitting there. He's at the end of the table. Hello, Helen. How are you? I I'd love to work an eater, and your freelance work is very inspirational. Um, here's the ketchup and. Let us sit down and have our meal. So I just want to set the scene for you. And all the dishes are in front of you. Which ones do you see passed down to Mr. President first? So if you'll recall, Mm. back in November, shortly after Donald Trump won the presidential election with an asterisk next to it, he celebrated Thanksgiving and he had a meal at Mar-a-Lago where I'm... A hundred percent sure he will be dining again this year because you can probably sell a lot of tickets to Thanksgiving dinner if you know you're going to be eating in the same banquet hall as the president of the United States. And I remember noting specifically, I think both to myself and to friends and possibly in print in one of the many places that I was writing obsessively about the food that Donald Trump eats, that of the menu options that they served at Mar-a-Lago, there was beef tenderloin. You could get turkey, and probably most people did, but Donald Trump himself had beef. He had well-done beef. It's dark. Yeah. I, I don't think, think that this is a guy he puts cranberry sauce like, on it? I doubt it, man. I think, like, I genuinely think that the one aspect of the Thanksgiving meal that he is emotionally open to is the gravy. <laughs> He's emotionally open to gravy. I feel like he'd put the gravy on his potatoes and he'd be like, all right, this makes sense to me. Maybe there'd be some green beans on the side. But I think if you put turkey in front of this guy, like he'd eat it grudgingly. It's it's the chicken teriyaki. You know, it's the same <laughs> idea of like, what what can I what can I eat that is like in no way going to involve me like being interested in the food. But no, this dude is not eating turkey at Thanksgiving. Is he having candied sweet potatoes? Huh. I don't know. What do you think? I I don't think so. I don't like candied sweet potatoes, you know, personally. I like a straight up baked yam. I'm very partial to the beauty of the of the yam and its purity. 
Uh, I always found them a bit much, but he does like sweet. I think there's too much glop in that. I don't see him as a big glop guy. He's got a texture thing, so I think like I'm with Dan. I think I think he's I think he's having a plate of like meat, potatoes, maybe some green beans, a little bit of gravy, stuffing, and then no, I don't think he's a stuffing dude. I think it's just going to be like meat and potatoes and then chocolate cake for dessert, just like he has literally every other night of the week. He needs to be able to look at a food and immediately know the main ingredients in that food, and stuffing is a little too amorphous. Yeah, he's not a big bread dude. Maybe there's rice. Who knows? You know what? If there's if there's going to be rice at Thanksgiving, then maybe he's in on the rice. But and he's he's presented with choices at dessert. He has a uh, a pumpkin pie. He's got an apple pie, and maybe he has some like it's a, it's a lovely dinner. So maybe there's some other selection on the table. But like he, chocolate cake? Now, who's going to be so, so jive as to put a chocolate cake at the Thanksgiving table? <laughs> Mar-a-Lago 2016. That's who. <laughs> yep. This guy. This guy knows what he wants. Yeah, he's having his... cake and ice cream. No, you don't think if there's a choice. He's like, Mr. President, you've got to eat your pie. Is it going to be pumpkin or apple? Uh uh, I mean, we know he likes cherry, so I'm going to go with apple, okay. I guess. I think that the pu- pumpkin is, like, too weird for him. It's, like, vegetable adjacent or something. All right, so you've chosen... And he's getting it a la mode and just eating the la mode. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So you have chosen apple. Go to page 64, and I'll turn to page 64. Donald Trump gets indigestion after meal. Ow! Oh, declares nuclear war with North Korea. Everyone dies. So, anyway, we can... Uh... We'll try it uh, again. But I kept my finger in the page, and I want to go back and make the other choice. All right. You no. want to go to Pumpkin? <laughs> Let's go to Pumpkin. What happens All then? right. Pumpkin, you turn to page 50. Uh, he emits a loud burp and appoints uh, Don Jr. as Prince Regent. And you, Helen, are given a crown. So that's a good ending. Well, for me personally. It's a weird ending. Maybe. But... I think there are no there are no endings on this in this book that aren't weird. We're trying to get to the this one is... that's impeachment, but we're, I'm not sure if we've we've gone down the right path. Oh, we might have to flip back like at least four or five story choice branches before where we are. Yeah, I think it... I would love this. By the way, can this be real? Can we make the Donald Trump choose your own adventure dystopian alternate reality book? Okay, no one take yes. our idea because because we can do this. We're in. We're peeing all over it right now. I think legally we can't call it a choose your own adventure. Apparently they're very litigious about that phrase. You need to call it a like make your own choices book or something. Okay, nobody take our idea. Don't fuck with R.M. Montgomery, man. That guy will fuck you up. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Sesuvians, we're going to do it. If uh, that'll help keep Sesu alive, we'll do the uh, make your own choices Donald Trump Trump presidency book. (laughs) Coming to you soon. And Helen... Thank you so much for joining us today. We have enjoyed you so much that we are asking you back next week to talk about our very favorite I'm topic. I'm so excited. The video game Stardew Valley. We will talk to you then. Literally the only thing I care about. And thank you so much for being on. That got a little more into the poop than I thought. Oh, Dan. But I love it. Don't act surprised. I love the... I love... I love it. 
I love it, Maureen. I love it so much. Trump as a home pooper is like this little warm beacon of light that I've carried with me during this very dark last year. And in fact, uh, in the weekend of recovery from Janice's surgery, which involved a lot of napping on her part, I was like, I need to do something. And so Maureen, today, actually, Monday the 13th, it'll be out for a couple days when you actually hear this podcast, I released trumppoopwatch.org. You don't actually watch him poop, thankfully. It was only when I said that out loud that I thought maybe people might think that's what it is. Uh, it, it tracks the amount of time that he's gone between poops, Maureen. Because we know that he visits his property so that he can poop. Oh, my God. You've really so done it. So as long it. as you know, yeah. You've created it. Trumppoopwatch.org, it features a spinning little poop emoji, which is possibly one of my favorite things I've ever made. Dan, you're, you're a maker. It's been one week and two days since Trump's last poop, Maureen. Oh, my God. That's not good. This trip has not been good for him. No. No. Not good for That's any gonna of us. That's going to be... There's going to be an operation to get that out. Do you think he's just getting high colonics? Like, that? One of, those things are like... I've never had one, but I know a lot of people. I had a lot of friends who love a colonic. Like, they, they love it. And... They just sort of, they, they, they rhapsodize about the colonic and they're like in a big, they bring in a big machine that's got like gallons and gallons and gallons of water on it. And in my, in my head version, it looks like a little canister vacuum cleaner Ooh. and they fill it several times. Like yeah, it's I... not a small amount of water. Ah. It's your like whole tract that's filled up. They say it makes you feel very good. Ooh. I guess this is the endorphin rush of like, you know, having a garden hose. Drowning run. up your butt? Mm. I no. don't want to have one. And I can't believe I'm talking about it. I feel like I've gone We've into a fugue really state gone, having this conversation. Yeah. We're, we're in a bad spot here. We're in a bad Remember spot. Remember when we were all laughing how Trump tried to make the White House kitchen staff order a quarter pounder? Let's go back there. Remember when we were feeling the love of the Democratic wins uh, this past week? Let's come back there. We followed the Get journey. Get out of the colonics. We've gone from the celebration to the food to the end stage. And then we'll go right back to the beginning, Dan. The happy stage. Yeah. It's like a Mobius strip where the middle is poop. Oh, my. Well, there you have it. <sighs> the wisdom of says who. Our theme music is performed by Ted Leo, and the organ music that we celebrated to lead us off is performed by our resident organist, Josh Cantor. Our logo is created by Darth, and uh, Darth is currently hibernating. But wherever you yeah. are, Darth, we love you. We hope we you are you. well, Darth. We we do. We hope that you're not you're a red panda. You don't need a high colonic. So there you go. Just a low colonic for you, Darth. I feel like they're called high colonics like that, but they're called col- Look, I'm not going to look it up. They sound It's fancy. like a big thing of water that shoots Sounds up your a lot butt. fancier than it is. And it seems like something that should be done by a doctor, but it's just done by a hippie. You know what I mean? Oh, like your it entire... definitely seems like something done by a hippie. Yeah. Like, it feels like... like if you're... 
you're going to have that much water force pressured up through your, like, but it's not. It's just, like, yeah. somebody that's, like, named, like, Raven. Yeah. We're back here again. We keep coming back here, Maureen. Well. If you have something to say to us, preferably not about colonics, you can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. Uh, and there is a there is a Facebook group now, Maureen. Yeah. Is that not correct? There is, and it's a thriving Facebook group. So I'm not on you... Facebook, so tell me I... all about it. I'm well, excited to learn myself. If you go on Facebook to Says Who, to our page, uh, you will see that we have a group. <laughs> and they're having great conversations, and I chime in sometimes. And um, But it's a lovely community of people, and they're all talking about pie and coping and Dole Whip and like good stuff. And, uh, hey, Dan. Yeah, Maureen. This is Wednesday, November 15th, probably. I mean, you it may is. be- Otherwise okay. known as the day after my birthday. The day after Dan's yes. birthday. You know, you may obviously, because it's a podcast, you may not be listening to it that day, but like this is going to come out on Wednesday, November 15th. And if you're in New York and you're at a loss between the hours of 6 and 7 p.m. and you're like, what can I do with my time? Well, you want to come out with me on a boat? Uh, you just get on a boat with me? Would that you just get great. on a boat with me? I uh, do. So Mozilla Firefox is doing a um, like a celebration um, to talk about the power of internet activism, and they have uh, rented the Firefox Fast Ferry between Manhattan and Brooklyn, and uh, there's going to be a panel of women online activists uh, uh, that is moderated by Lily Herman, who is a writer and editor. And you, if you come to the Pier 15 uh, on the East River, it's at the South Street Seaport, and there's going to be a boat there, the, Fox, the, the Mozilla Firefox Fast Ferry. You get on. I'll be there, and we're going to go on a boat ride together. And we'll talk Reminded, about that. Um, is specific to November 15th. Don't just get on random boats any other no, day. No, no, get on boats. Just get on boats. I'm saying, like, every night at 6 p.m., come to New York and get on a boat. Seems like perhaps not the best advice we've ever given. Just get on boats. Look, we've said a couple things. Take their fucking phone. Remember, subscribe. Thank you again for all you subscribe. Um, our numbers have been going up. I mean, we they don't have. Like, we're, and we, I, we suspect that some of you have taken us up on taking their phones and subscribing uh, people just because it's free. It doesn't cost them anything. If you have a Trump person in your life or just you know, take their phone, subscribe them. We really appreciate it. Just take their phones. Um, and once you've taken their phones, maybe take them to a boat. Just come to a boat. There you go. And we'd like to thank our sponsor, Blue Apron. Um, mm, that's not a we also that's we don't have that sponsor. Morning. It's food. It's food vember. So we're going to need like. Yeah. So. That I, it only makes sense. Blue Apron, we're right here. Like I just said, our numbers are going up. Some of them are just from people that have had their phones taken. Um, but that doesn't mean we can't reach them. And I know that you're going to have like your Blue Apron, probably some kind of Thanksgiving box. And you may have like um, – now, I wouldn't want to eat Thanksgiving dinner out of a Blue Apron box. But it's, it, might, it, might, it might not be bad. I mean, it's a lot of packaging for a small amount of food. Like you get a no, bag with like a single – Single green onion in it, and like a, a bag that has like two peppercorns in it. So obviously, it's a I'm lot not of waste. Gonna make any money at all? Um, and I have. I mean, I didn't have Blue Apron, but I had another service, and like honestly, I had to like just... like some of this. It's like 
honestly, just go and get a cauliflower. It doesn't cost that much money. And literally the amount of packaging I had to get rid of was just absolutely, I mean, I could feel the earth dying when I saw this, but um, they're um, reasonable. It doesn't seem how They're reasonable meals. Um, they apparently they don't cost a lot of money. I mean, it is like basically $10 a portion, which is like not for free. Like you can cook for a lot less than that, like a lot less than that. I can easily show you how it's to like, cook. This is a bad idea. I can make you a kick-ass veggie chili that's like going to cost you like a buck a serving. Like seriously, just – but anyway, it's it's uh, it's pre-portioned ingredients, so there's no waste except for all of that packaging that ruins the world. Yeah, um, actually our sponsor. Blue Apron, uh, steal their phones. Blue Ooh. Apron. Hey, Maureen. Pl- I have a question regular- for you. Is it about Blue Apron? It's not about Blue Apron, but I have a question. Do you like fun, Maureen? I think so. Well, that's not true. I don't always like fun. But go on. Do you like perhaps doing fun and unexpected things on occasion like once a year? No. But go on. Well, we're going to get you out of your safety zone because next week we are coming back <laughs> I like for a that. special Thanksgiving week, says who, where we talk to the guest from this week, Helen Rosner again, all about Stardew Valley. It's an entire That's Stardew right. Valley cast. The Stardew Valley cast is a special Thanksgiving, says who. So we will see you next week, November 22nd, for a very special episode. And then we will see you on Wednesday, the 29th of November for a regular old episode of Says Who, where we only talk about Stardew Valley half the time instead of the whole time. That's right. And again, thank you, Blue Apron, Home Pooper. For my basement in Chicago, I'm Dan Sinker. We need a sponsor, and I think that the only way we get one is if we show what we're capable of. I just, I'm not sure that that's how it works, but I'm I'm open for ideas. Sponsors, I'm Maureen Johnson. You've probably really enjoyed my delivery. Please get in touch with us. Steal their phones. I'm in a, I'm in a and closet. this has been, you are. This has been Says Who. I said it. I keep interrupting you, and I keep ruining because you say from my basement in chicago I'd like so do you want to do it again sure. just so we get it right all right sure it's a lot from of my packaging Chi- it's a lot of packaging dan from my from my basement in chicago i'm dan sinker and from my closet in new york i'm blue apron <laughs>